Hello, and welcome back to the Cisco Learning Network podcast. In this episode, we are going to continue reviewing the changes to the Cisco certification program. With us today is Cisco Press author and educator, Wendell Odom. Cisco Learning Network community manager, Brett Lovins, got a chance to speak with Wendell about the new portfolio launch. Wendell also shares his advice on navigating the certification changes and discusses the reasons behind this portfolio evolution. So welcome everybody. My name is Brett Levins, Community Manager on the Cisco Learning Network, and I'm really excited to have another guest here for our podcast audience. So I'm hoping you're tuning in from your bicycle or on your train ride or wherever. And in this case, we are stoked to uh, invite and bring Wendell Odom, Cisco Press author and educator extraordinaire to our podcast. Wendell, welcome. Thanks. Good to be here, Brett. Right on. So I think a lot of people that are in Cisco certifications, you know, either studying for them or having obtained certifications in the past will know your name because you're you're very well known in this in this education space. But just for that one or two people that don't know who you are, why don't you just kind of t- tell your story a little bit about yourself? Okay, sure. Yeah. So I was a networking person from the early 80s and I had the opportunity before the internet boom in the 90s to get fairly conversant to TCP IP. So before Cisco was a dominant force in routing even, I knew what routers were and knew how IP worked. So when Cisco started going boom in the 90s and taking over the networking market, I got to ride the wave a little bit. So I got in pretty early and during those years I got to teach a lot of classes. I did the Road Warrior thing, teaching 30, 35 weeks on the road every year. Enjoyed that a lot, but you know, built up some good hands-on skills along the way there too. So turns out I was around when the CCIE program, which you know was Cisco's first certification program, came out in 93 and got my CCIE in 1995. So that all predated all the CCNA and CCNP stuff. So just turns out based on age and interest, happened to be around pretty early in the process and back then a little bit to the whole writing thing, but have loved that for the last 20 years or so. Wrote the first Cisco Press official cert guide, for instance, and have been writing all along through there. In the 90s, especially, I was single into my mid-30s and teaching on the road all the time and met the woman of my dreams and said, you know, we're going to get married. I don't want to travel. I've got to find a way to make money staying at home. And so I was looking around and I was at Cisco Live in 1998 in April. It was in Philadelphia. Back then they did two Cisco Lives in the U.S. and that one was Philadelphia. And that was the show where Cisco announced CCNA and CCNP. It wasn't even route switch because there was just one of them. You know, it's on CCNA route switch and CCNP route switch. But anyway, the vendor area, Oh my goodness, it might have been 20 by 40, Brett. I mean, it was nothing. You know how huge the room is now at Cisco Live for all the vendors, right? But it was a tiny room. There were five Cisco Press books on a table, one table for the Cisco Press area. And they had a placard the size of a business card that says, want to write for us? Call Jim. And it had his phone number. And that's how I landed. The beginning of the process. Call Jim. Jim didn't call back, called Jim again. Three or four more calls later, got a call from Jim's replacement because Jim was transitioning to a new job. Basically, by the time that we got done, it was a which of the new Cisco certification guides do you want to write? And I picked CCNA, and that was the beginning of the process. But mainly it was driven by my goal to be home during my first year of marriage in particular, but, you know, longer term than that. And it's worked out really well. I've I've turned it into a full-time gig as of about 15 years ago. So my day job is writing and creating new content for people to learn about Cisco certs, which is a pretty cool job. Yeah, for sure. And as a matter of fact, we're recording this podcast now, and it could be listened to, you know, many months from now. But right now, as we speak, you're in the process of writing an official certification guide for the new CCNA that's due out in February, correct? That is true. So here we are mid 
year in 2019 having this conversation. So pretty much from the day I got wind of it, I've been working all my spare minutes on getting the new books out. So the, the new books, there's one CCNA exam coming out in early 2020 per the current plan, but it'll be two books just because we thought, you know, we could probably cram it into one book, but it's going to be too hefty. People aren't going to want to bring 1,300-page book around in their backpack. <laughs> it's just not very wieldy. Volume one, I'm done with it. It's shipped to the printer now uh, here mid-year in 2019, and I'm still writing on volume two, but it's got a good shot at being out by the end of the calendar year 2019, which, of course, both of those predate the February date when the exam is supposed to come out. I'm working hard on getting that new material done so I can get the new books out. Wonderful. Well, you know, you touched on this a little bit. You've already given sort of a, a backdrop to your history and where you were at the early parts of Cisco certification. So you've seen a lot of change over time. I've seen some, but you've seen, you know, pretty much most of it. So this new certification portfolio change that, that occurred in June 10th, 2019. Would you say this is the biggest change that you've seen, the, the new portfolio? Oh my goodness, Brett. <laughs> it's the biggest change by five. I by mean, five, it's yeah. five times larger than any other change in my estimation. In fact, we joked around a bit about it at the Cisco Live show where Cisco announced it all about, all right, what didn't change? Because you really did have to hunt and peck for even small particulars that, that didn't change. That's not to poke fun at it. It's just... My goodness, if you think about any business, you don't typically change everything at once. And it just seemed like a lot. So it was a lot for the community to digest. I think people are still digesting here what we're eh, seven, eight weeks after the announcement when we're recording. And you still get lots of questions, I'm sure, on CLN. I still get them. It's on people's minds, sifting through what does this mean for me? What does this mean for long term? It's some uh, uncertainty just because of, you know, we don't have the new exams and the new courses out yet. So we have blueprints, but we don't have experience. So there's just so many different things that have happened because the normal cadence is you might have, say, in the route switch track, CCNA route switch never changed the same year as CCNP other than that very first announcement year back in 1998. So there was always a little bit slower progression. And with everything changing here, I think Dave might have mentioned 38 courses revving in the next eight months, some number like that in a recent webinar you guys did with Dave and Yusuf. Just seems like a huge volume of change. It's a lot to bite off, but I'm very positive about it. It's just, whew, that's a lot. Yeah. Let's dig into that a little bit. Transitions are always tricky, even the ones that I've been involved with, which are smaller potatoes compared to this one. But maybe we could talk about, you know, from a 30,000-foot view or, or even from, you know, if we can imagine uh, transporting ourselves forward in time, you know, a few months after the transition. What's your sense of the new portfolio at that point? I am a fan of it as a complete entity. You make a change this big, we can always find particulars that we said, nah, I would have done this differently, right? I mean, but given the volume of change, I like where it lands us. You know, I like the design aspect of the CCIE lab now. To me, it seems to funnel people in their first couple of three years in Cisco certs, it funnels you towards some CCNP. There's no dawdling around going broad and doing one or two or three CCNAs. You're you're zeroing in on a track in CCNP, but you've got flexibility in that. So I like what that does. So maybe I'm going below 30,000 feet with that. But I interpret it very positively. I am sure we can find individuals who say, hey, I was headed down this series of exams or certifications, and the changes will be more difficult for me now with what's happening. Yeah, there might be cases like that. But I think overall, for the entire community, it's all very positive, not just for the long term, you say a couple of months behind, but even for the transition. I think the transitions manage pretty 
pretty well too. So by the time this podcast rolls out, in all likelihood, you can go to Cisco Learning Network and we'll put a link in the description for this podcast. Check out Wendell's OSPF dive that I think was very good, Wendell. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. Enjoyed doing it. Yeah, right on. So another question. This is a common one. And yeah, so we've been talking about, you know, the people that are in the middle of all this, you know, those that are already underway with certifications or are, you know, considering it or whatever. We're talking here at the end of July. The exam cutover date is late February. What would you say to, and probably have said to folks that are in the middle of it, Wendell, would you say, keep going, get your CCNAs, whichever flavor you're working on in the bag, or wait? What's your thinking there? So let me give you a couple of flavors on it, because what do we have, 10 associate level certs? currently. So the answer can vary somewhat based on the one you're studying for. So let's just say it's CCA route switch and you don't have any of the others yet. Absolutely keep going. The only variables are, are you going for CCNA route switch in a manner for which you say, I'm going to pass it no matter what before transition day? Or are you taking the approach for which I'm allowing myself the flexibility to go for it, but transition to passing the new test if I'm not gonna make it by transition day, right? So how much pressure are you putting on yourself to get there? Because honestly, a median learner who learns at median speed, who meets the prereqs but nothing more, they don't know OSPF already, for instance, they just are a normal learner starting today, end of July. They've got time to go from that to passing the existing CCRS by my math, unless they're just spending an hour or two a week. I've actually built models with the math in it, <laughs> and I intend to blog about it in the next couple of weeks just because I thought, well, it'd be good to put down because we're getting to those months where by probably September, October, it's going to start leaning the other way. Mm-hmm. But for now, it's a definitely go forward, and there's enough overlap between the current CCNA route switch and the new CCNA to where it you can just go with an approach that you study the things that are in both, so you're not wasting your time, right? So there, there's plenty there. Now, when you get onto the other nine in a, you know, or associate level tracks, you know, keeping CCDA in that track, I think it, it depends on the technology area, and that requires some digging. For instance, say you're going for CCNA collab, you need to dig in and look at the CCMP collab blueprint core for the new test, if I don't get the current test passed in time, is going to be wasted versus useful for the new core. You know, what's my cost if I don't get there? What's my likelihood of getting there before transition day? Because come transition day, you can't take the existing tests anymore. The current ones as of today go away, the new ones appear at that point. So the cost differs depending. To the extent that I've had time to look at it, I think the answer varies quite a bit depending on the track. So I think it requires some digging on the other ones. Sure. Makes sense. I love it. In many cases, there's tremendous overlap, the new CCNA versus what a candidate might be studying, particularly in route switch, and to some degree security, to some degree. But for that candidate that's maybe got their head down, they're looking at the goal line of February 24th to put one of their certs in the bag, what kinds of things would they maybe potentially want to add to the menu that aren't in the current blueprints with that safety valve of saying, okay, well, I'm also going to study this on the side so that if it doesn't look like I'm going to be ready for that exam pass, the stuff I'm preparing is already going to apply, but in addition, maybe a technology or, or two that they're going to want to keep half an eye on, if that makes sense. So let's take the new CCNA as an example. So if I'm going for CCNA wireless right now, then I've got some good overlap with both the new CCNA and the new CCNP Enterprise Core, both of which include some wireless, but not a lot. It's almost happening naturally. Whereas I've I've looked at wireless, I've looked at security to some depth. If you're going for CCNA security existing and the exam topics don't match up as one-to-one with the new CCNP security core, 
So it would be a lot more digging. So you might have to just say, hey, I'm going to look for resources that appear to match the CCNP security core. Well, when you say, hey, I, I like the security track, I think I'm going to go for the CCNP security and bag the CCNA security that I've been pursuing. You're, you're asking about what could you study while you're approaching that day where you might set aside the old and, and go for the new. It's going to take some exam topic analysis. You can watch for the courses coming out from Cisco. You can watch, I think, most of the NP core Cisco Press has books coming out from most of those. I think the only one they haven't announced might be Service Provider, but the other four tracks, they've got books coming for those, so you could go ahead and pick those up before the exams are ready. As far as technologies go, the one obvious one is automation. One cool thing about how the DevNet certs organize the exam topics is that instead of it being a static PDF for the list of exam topics, it's a web page, and it lists links to all the DevNet learning content related to the exam topics all on the same page. For example, one thing I've put in my CCNA, future CCNA book that's coming out this fall, is, hey, you're learning these automation topics that I've written about in the book. Do you want some more practice? Go look at the blueprint for the DevNet certs. Look at these similar exam topics, and here are the links right there for DevNet's learning content on those topics. Right? So you don't have to hunt and peck. Now, a lot of those are 15, 20, 25-minute learning exercises as opposed to you know, comprehensive on a topic that you might find in a book or a course. But it's still useful learning content. Right? So I think I gave you a long answer <laughs> to no, that question. Yeah. But um, yeah, so DevNet, exam topic lists, definitely start looking at the core blueprints for your favorite CCNP track and be thinking about what could I go learn there now. Any service that might give you access to lots of learning content without having to you know, go buy one specific book might be useful. This has been a great conversation. I always like chatting with you, Wendell. We get to see each other you know, at Cisco Live, usually in person, which is cool, but it's, it's great when we can leverage your talents on CLN. For those that um, have enjoyed listening to this podcast, have seen some of the work you've done either on CLN or in other places, well, the other places is what I'd love to tee up for you. I know you're a regular blogger. I know you're a Cisco champion, and I know you're a Cisco press author, a Twitter user. Yeah, throw out all the handles that you'd like to share with people to, to follow you. Oh, sure. So... Probably the easiest way is Twitter, and it's my name, at Wendell Odom. I know it's a strange enough pair of names to not spell it. W-E-N-D-E-L-L-O-D-O-M. Website is searchskills, C-E-R-T-skills.com, and the blog site is blog.searchskills.com. But if you find searchskills, of course, you'll be able to find the blog site too. I blog mostly about CCNA. If you care about other stuff, come on to the blog, but what you're going to find are a lot of uh, study tools and comments about how to do well at CCNA. I think there's over 600 posts out there in my blog now on doing things with CCNA. Those are the best two ways to find me online. Of course, CiscoPress.com for product, definitely a place to find my products. And, you know, we'll have the new books out hopefully shortly. I've got maybe another month's worth of work to do on Volume 2 before most of my part will be done. But, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. But Twitter's probably the best place to start. Hey, Wendell, thanks for spending some time with us. Always good working with you, and have a great rest of your week. Sure thing, Brett. Good talking to you, bud. That's it for our interview with Wendell. All of the links Wendell and Brett mentioned in this episode are available in the description. We hope to speak with Wendell again in the future about the evolution of Cisco certifications, as well as other networking topics. To 
To learn more about the new certification and training portfolio, please visit the Cisco Learning Network, where you will find more resources explaining the changes and a community network ready to support you and answer your questions. The Cisco Learning Network also has additional webinars and training videos hosted by Wendell and other experts that have literally written the book. Please subscribe to our podcast so you'll know when we have more interviews with the experts behind the changes to the Cisco certifications, as well as more information and news on changing technologies. And if you could take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes, it would help maintain our program. Thanks for listening.